Hi, and welcome to Soul Powerful Parables, stories of rhyme, reason, and God's truth. I'm your host, Dana Buck. Thanks for listening. And if you like the story, please consider subscribing and give us a five-star rating where you enjoy your podcasts. It really helps us. We'd also love to hear from you, so contact us on Facebook at Soul Powerful Parables. Now, settle in, and let's have a story. Orchards, a so powerful parable by Dana Buck. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Galatians 5, verse 22 through 23. The Bible encourages our lives to be full of good fruit. But do we know what that really means? Orchards. One day, a man with bulging pack walked down a country road, striding hard with every step beneath his heavy load. Beads of sweat collect and run along his back and neck while shoes display the markings of his long, exhausting trek. Short of water, out of food, his prime concern is plain. Find a place of solace while his will and strength remain. As the road surmounts a hill, he pauses in his going, for the sight that meets his eyes gets all his juices flowing. Lying there before him in a valley deep and green, endless rows of orchards, more than he has ever seen. He can well imagine what is found upon those trees, fruits of every kind, they're waiting in the sun and breeze. Hitching up his backpack and then quickening his pace, the prospect of refreshment smooths the creases on his face. An hour or so of walking brings him near his journey's end, And suddenly he pauses as he rounds the final bend. The road he has so briskly walked divides before his sight, one part leading to the left, the other curving right. Puzzled, he says to the wind, which is the right direction, squinting now to give each road a more detailed inspection. The roadway to the left is wide, compacted, and complete, favored, judging by the marks of many passing feet. Looking to the right, he sees not much more than a path, simpler than the other road and narrower by half. Both pass through the orchards, now the focus of his march, so he makes a quick decision, for he's feeling dry and parched. If most commuters journey left, as thus it seems to be, who am I to question it? That's good enough for me. And so he spurns the narrow trail with scarce a moment's nod and hurries to the well-walked road, accessible and broad. Well, soon he's reached an orchard. Tis the first along his way. He sees the luscious dangling fruit upon the trees that sway. 
dreaming of delicious bites, full-bodied, sweet, and dense. It's then to his surprise he spies the cruel barbed wire fence. He's agitated, overwrought, frustrated, and confounded, for he sees the orchard is quite thoroughly surrounded. No gate provides an entry, just a sign somebody drew, proclaiming categorically, keep out, and this means you. All that wondrous produce growing ripe and hanging there, never to be harvested, delighted in, or shared. What a waste, he murmurs, such a profitless abode. And shrugging tired shoulders, he continues down the road. After walking on a while, another plot he finds. This one has no wire fence or big unfriendly sign. Trees are fully loaded, every groaning branch and limb, fruit of every shape and kind, invite and draw him in. Standing there amongst the rows, his mind's about to burst, thinking which delicious fruit he will devour first. Reaching for a purple plum, he then receives a shock. The fruit is fastened to the tree and solid as a rock. Scanning all the hanging fare, each peach and apricot is tied with string or wire and suspended from a knot. Looking closer, he can see the fruit that looks so good is really only counterfeit and made of wax or wood. Everything is phony, bitterly the man concedes. All of it is fake and fraud and heartlessly misleads. With a huff, he then departs while silently he cursed, feeling more intensively his hunger and his thirst. Once again, exhausting steps have brought him to a field. The trees are unfamiliar, yet are filled with fruit to yield. Here, a wispy, cloying mist hangs heavy on the ground. He hears no birds or animals, nor any other sound. Strolling toward this ample grove, his eyes intensely rose, searching for the false or fake, he'd seen enough of those. Closer he approached, it seemed, the better all appeared. In fact, he felt a rush of pure elation as he neared. Back he arched his straining neck as wonder fills his eyes. Ripened produce beckons him and seems to hypnotize. Reaching up to pluck an orb, he freezes in the act when he sees two staring eyes, so fixed and piercing black. Time appears suspended as his primal fears awake, for perched upon a gnarled limb, he recognized the snake. Rigid with intensity, the serpent plies its gaze, as if to will this harvest and seduce what it surveys. And though he's filled with loathing, no retreat the traveler makes. Desire for the fruit, it seems, surmounts his fear of snakes. But before his ready fingers can confirm this deadly fact, he suddenly steps on a thing that makes a startling crack. The mist has thinned and opened where it laid inert and prone, revealing what he'd tread upon was bleached and brittle bone. The man then looked around him and his words could not be found for this tantalizing orchard 
was a field of lifeless mounds. Forms of other travelers who'd come in vain pursuit, lying where they'd fallen, holding old, half-eaten fruit. Grabbing his attention in a mesmerizing hiss, the snake coils round a pomegranate. Surely you want this. Stumbling in horror, leaving apple, pear, and plum, the man flees from the serpent and ran back the way he'd come. Panic and adrenaline both fuel his churning strides, and soon he's reached the intersection where the road divides. Pausing in fatigue, he puts his hands upon his knees, then hears a faint, hello there, wafting to him on the breeze. From the narrow pathway comes a woman bent and gray, pushing in her handcart a remarkable display. Oranges, so perfect, tangerines, their charming shapes, lemons, peaches, watermelon, cantaloupe, and grapes. Such an awesome bounty, such a fine and fetching load, she stops and sets her handcart where he tarries on the road. Young man, you look exhausted from your cowlick to your boots. Surely you should rest a while and have a piece of fruit. Nodding in his gratitude, they moved into the shade where he subdued his appetite while she made lemonade. And as he ate, she spoke to him as if he were her boy. He asked her name and she replied, good sir, my name is Joy. I thank you for the fruit, he said. <laughs> Hunger is a curse. He reached into his bulging pack and then removed his purse. You have no need for coins, she smiled. There's nothing to repay. The gardener will replace, and more, the fruit I give away. Puzzled, he replaced his bag and looked at his heavy load. This gardener that you speak of, is he found down yonder road? He is indeed, she answered him. It's quite a pleasant hike, and I will walk along and introduce you, if you like. Yes, he said excitedly. The words came from his heart. Walking to the road, he said, please, let me push your cart. Happily, she answered. There was mischief in her tone. I have a hunch that soon you'll need a handcart of your own. It's no accident that the Apostle Paul uses fruit as the metaphor to describe how the Spirit of God manifests in his followers. Galatians 5, verse 22 through 23. The fruit described in these verses are the attributes that we, as Christians, should be producing in our lives. Here are some of the truths about fruit and the Spirit of God. Good fruit is available. It isn't hidden away, withheld, or hoarded. Fruit has value when it is enjoyed by someone. Is the fruit of our lives available? Good fruit is genuine. No matter how real it looks, fruit made of wood or wax isn't going to satisfy anyone. Is the fruit of our lives genuine? Good fruit refreshes. It banishes hunger satisfies thirst and nourishes the body. It is sweet and good and inviting. 
Does the fruit of our lives refresh others? Good fruit reproduces itself. No matter the size of the fruit, within every piece are the seeds of a new tree or bush that can create even more life-giving fruit. Are we reproducing the fruit of our lives in others? Finally, we must all be wary and discerning regarding fruit which may appear ripe and sweet, but is, in fact, full of poison and venom. The writer of Proverbs tells us, There is a way that appears to be right, but in the end it leads to death. Proverbs 14, verse 12. How many people have been terribly fooled and harmed by something that looked good and inviting, yet in the end harbored the seeds of sin and death? Walking the narrow road together and sharing our good fruit is the best way I know to be spiritually healthy and strong. Let's give freely of our good fruit and lead others to the gardener, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We hope you enjoyed this week's podcast. Orchards was written and narrated by Dana Buck. Devotional thoughts were narrated by Kim Pratt, and this episode was produced by Beneath Blue Skies Productions. So Powerful Parables is a ministry of So Powerful, a nonprofit organization dedicated to empowering women and girls and combating extreme poverty in the African country of Zambia. To find out more, visit our website at sopowerful.org. Also, check out our books, So Powerful Parables and We Are So Powerful, both available on Amazon. All proceeds from the sale of these books go to support the work of our ministry. And finally, check out our other podcast, The So Powerful Podcast, featuring interviews with those who have been touched by this special organization. Until next time, May your life always be filled with beautiful rhymes.